0: And welcome to the ArborPod, Detective Dendro's series. Today's guest is Luana Vargas, in the case of the absolved Abelia. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. As I calmly sipped my soy latte on a glorious spring morning at my buddy Morris Summershack in Savannah, Georgia, my cell phone started to ring insistently. I ran inside to see who or what could possibly want to disturb my Sunday morning. It was coded, of course. I sighed and asked myself, why did I bring him with me? What is it now, coded? What did I tell you about Sunday mornings? You know I planned this trip to Savannah to relax a bit, but you just couldn't allow it, could you? Okay, I got it, but it's an emergency, Dendro. He always thinks everything is an emergency. I accessed the Tree Blurb web forum from my cell phone at the beach to help some friends with diagnostics when that guy, what's his name, Ah, oh, I remember now. Nef Arius. He popped up saying how he loves when a client calls with a bug complaint and he just goes there and sprays the heck out of it. Okay, code it. unfortunately, as you know, there are some unscrupulous arborists out there. But couldn't this wait until Monday? No, Nef said he just got called for one of those easy money jobs and he was going to the site in ten minutes. We have to do something, Dendro. I waited for Coded to calm down and explain that there is nothing we can do about it. It's not our client, and even though we think it's wrong, we shouldn't interfere. All we can do is share information with Mr. Arias and try to educate him. Kodit was reluctant to let it go, but I told him I would think about the matter after I finished my latte. The day went by, and I couldn't stop thinking about my conversation with Kodit that morning and how fast information flies with the Internet. It was past my bedtime, but I decided to check my email and see if reading it would put me to sleep. After reading many irrelevant messages and almost nodding off, I decided to open one last email for the night. The subject line of the message was big issue, and I wondered what it could be about. The message was from Miss Susanna Abelia in Atlanta, Georgia, and she explained that she had an insect problem. She had consulted with an arborist, but he didn't make a good impression on her and, in fact, seemed a little creepy. Worried about her trees and garden, she said she needed a second opinion. I may have been dreaming already, but I could feel the sweetness in her message. In any case, I couldn't resist this mystery and said that Codid and I would drive to Atlanta the next day. The following morning, Codet and I drove to Atlanta to Miss Abelia's house. She welcomed us with warm, southern hospitality. Uh, It feels good to be back in Georgia. As Coded and I strolled through Susanna's beautifully landscaped yard, the smell of the southern lady's flowers reminded me of the case of the gratified grandiflora. Good times. During our inspection, we did not notice anything out of the ordinary, and interestingly enough, Susanna's trees and shrubs were in good, structurally sound condition. As Coded and I were wondering what the possible insect problem could be, Susanna pointed to several bees in her water oak tree, Quercus nigra. Her big blue eyes sparkled like large blue butterflies as she began to explain.
1: Here's the problem, detective. Ever since I saw these bees buzzing around, I'm not able to sleep at night. I'm pretty sure these are the killer Africanized honeybees. These evil bees are known to kill people because, although their sting isn't any more powerful than the European honeybees, they have a very defensive habit and will attack and pursue victims in greater numbers and over greater distances.
0: Whoa. This gal really impressed me with her knowledge about bees. I asked how she learned so much about the Africanized honeybees, known by entomologists as Apis mellifera scutellata but commonly referred to as AHBs. She replied confidently that her favorite shows were on the Nature Channel, and they had recently featured AHBs and their victims during their Killer Creature Week. I explained to Susanna that even though AHBs have been found in some southern parts of the United States, they haven't been reported in Georgia, and that what looked like AHBs from a distance would more likely be another type of bee. I was trying to calm her, but in the back of my mind I thought, what if they're really AHBs, and what if they have reached Georgia? (laughs) ¶¶
1: Detective, how do we know that these are not the killer AHBs? Shouldn't we spray them anyway? Aren't they going to damage my oak trees? Listen, Detective Dendro, the only abelia I want to have is my last name.
0: Coded and I stared blankly. She could tell by our confused expressions we did not get the joke. Susanna quickly explained to us that her last name had Portuguese origins and meant B in the Portuguese language. Before trying to decide on any management approaches, I explained that we must first figure out what kind of bees we're dealing with. Fortunately, Coded knew how to make a bee trap using a bottle, some juice, his pocket knife, and some plastic tubes. As he prepared to climb the tree for an aerial assessment to leave the trap as close as possible to the location Susanna mentioned, we went to the patio for some sweet iced tea. After a couple hours of sweet small talk with Susanna, we headed out to see if Kodit's trap had worked. Before we could even check it, Kodit came running and screaming jubilantly, "'We got it! We got it!' As I focused my hand lens on the bee, I saw that it was about the size of a honeybee. It also had the black bands around its abdomen. I was able to see pollen dust concentrated on the underside of its abdomen as well. "'That couldn't possibly be an AHB,' I told Susanna." Honeybees carry pollen on their hind legs, a fact I'd recalled from an apiology class I had taken in Brazil a long time ago. I also learned about orchid bees, Euglossini tribe, in the Amazon forest. As Coded treated himself to a pack of trail mix, I told him to pass me a Brazil nut. Coded, did you know that the very tall Brazil nut trees, Bertholeta excelsa is their scientific name, bloom only once a year? The flowers on that tree last for only about 24 hours, and orchid bees need to quickly pollinate them for the nuts to be formed. As I tried to finish the story, Codet abruptly interrupted me, as is his custom. Electra Klein is going to Manaus, capital of the Amazon state in Brazil, on July 13th to help organize the first ever tree climbing competition in Brazil. I want to go, but I can't miss that many classes. Well, I said... Let me see if I can find my bee field guide in the car. Before I could even finish my sentence, no need for the field guide, my dear Dendro. Here is the evidence of a leafcutter bee, of the genus Megachile. He pointed to a leaf with C-shaped holes on its margins. Bingo! We have falsified the theory that these are killer-age bees, so no concern there, Susanna, I concluded.
1: They are still bees, and what's more, I can see now that they have been damaging my plants. I think I should go with Mr. Eris' recommendation and spray the whole tree.
0: Coded started jumping up and down. Don't tell me his first name is Neff.
1: Why, yes it is. Is he a buddy of yours, Codet?
0: No. His work and ethics are questionable at best. Okay, I said. Let's review our options here. The leaf-cutting behavior of this bee is not really a concern as far as your tree's health. The bees don't actually eat the pieces of leaves. They use them to make their nests. In general, bees tend to be a concern in trees not because they create damage, but because they tend to nest in hollow parts of a tree or branches. And if that's the case, the concern is in the risk potential a decayed tree might present. Water oaks are not known to be good compartmentalizers, but Coda did not find any structural problems from decay. Ready to conclude our consultation, I told Susanna, in my opinion, your trees appear to be in good condition. Hence, I wouldn't prescribe any treatments." Before I could finish the sentence, though, Susanna insisted.
1: But what about the darn bees?
0: At this point, I decided it was time for the good bug, bad bug education lesson. Bees are important pollinators for many of the flowering plants you so obviously enjoy, and those plants provide habitat and food for many beneficial insects. Because your patio is reasonably far from your tree and flowers and these bees do not have an aggressive behavior, they are not likely to become a nuisance. They are part of nature's delicate balance, like the orchid bees in the forests of Brazil. The chemical used against them could even kill those beneficial insects that prey on problematic pests. Spraying the whole tree for bees is not only unnecessary, it would be detrimental to the diversity of your backyard's ecosystem. Have I persuaded you?
1: Well, maybe they aren't all that bad. I will call Mr. Nefarious... And tell him that I won't be needing his services. I will try to educate him as well on the good-bug-bad-bug balance.
0: The website www.treesaregood.com has a list of certified arborists in your area. I recommend that you have one inspect your trees at least once a year, and feel free to email me at any time. As Coded and I packed up to go, I said to myself, oh my, this southern gal is a keeper. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro Series. Are you certified by ISA? You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD6892 to complete the quiz online. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture.